You're listening to the Beyond Digital Education podcast with me, Nathan Johnson, and my co-hosts, Carl Kaczynski and Rami Bassi. We hope you enjoy the show. Um, but no, what I was going to mention is um, me and Carol are doing a kind of a presentation with um, colleagues um, after later, later today. Um, and they were talking about the TPAC, the TPAC model. Um, and I just found it quite interesting how it's kind of, I mean, before, before um, I saw it where an education academic had, had showed it us and kind of told us, told us where we sat um, within that model. Um, it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't something that I was familiar with. Right. Um, but, but it is, it is something that is kind of quite popular and people are, are using it, I guess, kind of from their perspective, kind of how they view us within that model and then how we view ourselves um, and then how we kind of work together on that. Because I'm, I'm going to be talking a, a little bit about the TPAC model and just just how it's, how it's kind of a collaboration, how we kind of all work together on this and we don't necessarily all sit in one um, section of it. We span multiple sections. So, um, I mean, the TPAC model is what is it technology pedagogy um and knowledge it's knowledge yeah content knowledge or yeah knowledge yeah yeah so the sme is typically uh, like quite strong in in that area yeah um but yeah just just the idea that kind of we i don't know and i don't i'm not sure what your views are uh, but where we sit within that within that model and how how potentially we make use of it as well so it's not just someone comes to us and says we're using we're using this model and we want you for the for the uh, technical the technical knowledge um and not really understanding kind of where we sit on it um so yeah, it'd be quite nice to get some understandings of kind of well, how you see that model um, and how you see, well, how we fit into that model. Um, so it's not, I mean, it's not just about kind of, um, well, the, the TPAC model, it's about interdisciplinary working. Um, it's about how you work across across an institution. And as we know, um, there are lots of silos um, within, within large institutions. So kind of trying to, trying to span those um is is no is no easy feat um so in particular me and me and carol will be talking about the build um the structure and the content um so yeah uh, kind of about the the model the model that we used or sarah jane kind of used or we fit fit within um and some examples of kind of how we approach the content as well. So accessibility, inclusivity, um, and I think we've talked about it before in terms of the idea that someone doesn't necessarily, um, I don't wanna say care, 
but have have um, an idea of, of accessibility until they have or know someone that is going through kind of their course or whether that's a family member, whoever, then then they're a lot more willing to change. So yeah, there's there's uh, I think it's a student with visual impairment. So it's okay, you, all of your content's got to be kind of um, accessible for this individual. But then, I mean, we approach it saying, well, actually it's accessible to everyone. Um, it's accessible to people with more than just um, kind of visual disabilities. So actually we're already thinking about it, but it's, it's quite interesting to, to have your views um, about kind of where you start in um, and where you are now in terms of dealing with some of this stuff. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess we've discussed it quite a lot in um, in other podcasts around the perception, like other people's perception of our role and our perception of our role. And so, I guess uh, the initial conversations are really around ironing out those areas of expertise and the areas of roles and responsibilities. Um, so. It's true that we have some technical knowledge in the platforms that we're used to working in. Um, but equally, say for example, you know, someone comes to us with, uh, I don't know, let me think of an example that we've, no one's ever come to us with, um, how to model a 3D image of the eye or something like that. We have no technical knowledge necessarily of the 3D modeling or no technical knowledge of well, I want to say technical knowledge of the eye, but actually that's spanning back into content knowledge. But there's a kind of crossover, I guess, with something, an industry that's so technologically advanced, like, for example, optometry, uh, where the technology and the content uh, knowledge kind of overlaps with each other. Um, so if someone came to us expecting us to have a technical knowledge in a field like that, we'd just have to put our hands up and say, actually, I, I don't have a clue about this laser that you use or uh, this this. 3D scanning uh, machine that you use or this modeling tool that you use. Um, so yes, we have some technical knowledge. I, I feel like our knowledge comes in with the pedagogy strongest. Um, again, there's an overlap here with the SME because some of them have been teacher trained, not all of them. Um, some of them will have enormous amounts of experience and some, even if they haven't been teacher trained, that's not to say that they're not uh, able teachers. They, they, may be, they may have been doing the role for quite some time. Um, so that's why I think more than just ironing out, it's almost as if you don't need to put people in those three areas in the TPAC model. You just need to recognize that they're there to identify where the gaps might be in this uh, skill set that you've got. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um... Yeah, I, I, I think it's just to have that clear awareness and understanding and setting the boundaries at the initial stages. It's, um, it's important uh, because it enables you to create the good working relationship with all stakeholders and actually set the expectations like, okay, so, you know, even in, in one module, in one program, I might work on the multiple um, modules and people and SMEs working on each of those modules, they might have, they might see their expertise, their um, 
engagement with the technological pedagogical aspect in slightly different ways. Some people will need a lot of handholding because, for example, the platform that we that we might use, they don't have any awareness of what is possible. So for them, you know, this kind of um, the content is basically just giving us the text because they don't have any awareness of what what's gonna be there. So then, I assume that our technological, of course, this is not like very advanced technological knowledge that we need to bring into the table, but just some in order to maximize the uh, effectiveness of the platform that we use. But some people, some some stakeholders, they will have lots of understanding and awareness. And they will have as well a lot of understanding and awareness of the pedagogy as well as content. So I think during those cases, I think we need to be just kind of flexible and say, okay, so what is it that we can bring to the table? Is it just having the good conversation and throw the ideas and you know just have adopt different perspective? And is there anything else that we have missed, or is there anything else that you can add to the course? Is there are there like new um, or other practices that we have not taken into consideration that you know from your practice as the instructional designer that you can bring to the table to maximize the students' engagement with the module? So I think I think yeah, it's all all kind of relationship building and actually getting to getting expectations right at the beginning of the process is um, you know the key to success. Yeah, and just to just to pick up on something that you mentioned from me about about technological knowledge, um, and kind of how we may view that part of the Venn diagram. Um, so, depending on who you are, you approach it in different ways, and you have a different understanding, kind of initial understanding. So, um, like you say, it's not just digital literacy. It's not just kind of understanding how to use um, a, an educational platform. It is also um, kind of how industry uses technology. So how that content will be informed by the technology that's used. Um, so yeah, uh, the um, example that kind of you brought up, if they are kind of, in an optrominist, op op yeah, whatever, I wasn't gonna say it, but I did. <laughs> but they're gonna have to use that technology. So that kind of academic or SME will have to have technical knowledge to be able to both use and unpick kind of that practice, you know, in order to kind of translate that into educational material. Um, so, the kind of the way I see it is well, there's lots of different subsections within within all of these. So it it is finding the gaps, as well as kind of having more understanding of kind of the different aspects of these um, of these type of these circles as well, um, because they're not well, they're not as simple as as the diagram may lend itself to, but um it is a nice way it, it's a nice introduction it's a nice way of kind of bringing it to the table and saying cool um kind of this is this is where we may sit um, where do you sit potentially okay what are the gaps um 
yeah, how do we fill how do we fill those gaps now? Um, so yeah, I I mean, kind of using it a bit more, I'm finding it quite interesting. Kind of doing a bit more research into it um, as well. I kind of see see the value of it. Um, but as with everything, I mean, it is about positioning ourselves um, and having that conversation kind of about, okay, where do we sit within that? Um, I would say we, we do sit in the pedagogical kind of knowledge part of it, but is that what our role needs? Is that what our role kind of dictates? Because um, if, that's, if that's the case, then um, I don't know, with my role, I guess, senior learning technologies, it's quite a technical role. Um, so there's not much that much push for me to be an expert in pedagogy. Um, so then I have to take it upon myself um, to learn more um, and become more knowledgeable in that um, aspect. So kind of the institution pushing or kind of identifying our roles and I don't know, directing our roles in a certain certain direction. I mean, I suppose. Go ahead, Ruth. Go for it. it. Well, I suppose one of the things that I like to think about the TPAC model is not actually think about you know the role that we have today, but I, I try to think about the expectations of the instructional designers in the next 10, 15 years. And what do we need to bring to the table and how the TPAC model is gonna, whether it is going to stay in the same, same, um, you know, in, in the same dimension and in the same format. Because if you think about that, like, you know, it's those, those areas you can see, you know, the technological, pedagogical and knowledge are separate dimensions and you've got those, those labs, uh, you know, in, in some extent, those, those areas overlap. Um, however, if you, you know, there are some arguments currently, and um, uh, there is one book that I have read uh, recently by, I think, Joseph Owen, uh, I, I can't pronounce his, his name, and he argues that, um, that basically in order to be like a kind of well-rounded individual, you need to have the awareness of technological capacities or uh, technological literacies, data literacy, as well as human literacy. So of course the pedagogical knowledge can cover a lot about the human literacy and awareness of you know, yourself and, and this kind of stuff. Um, however, what about the technological and data? Uh, and where do we sit in that? And you know, even if you're looking at your environment at the moment, the technology has got the more and more impact on the way you function the way you the way you interact with the technology now is completely different to what it used to be 10 15 years ago now your smartphone is like basically um uh you know you can do pretty much everything on it so what is it going to be available in 10 15 years so are we gonna to see are we gonna still continue to see um that distinction between the technological pedagogical and knowledge or the technological uh, it will be like the whole umbrella of, of different category itself. It will be something that is underpins the technology, you know, data, pedagogical, and knowledge. 
because it it won't be seen as separate you know something that is completely like the category itself it won't be seen as the um as the standalone category it will be something that underpins pretty much everything i i don't know what are your thoughts on that i i feel like we would probably need to read a bit more about this subject before commenting too much in depth but in terms of um technology underpinning say for example the pedagogy and the um the sort of content knowledge um i think you know that sort of happens all the time and then it ceases to exist as like a new technology you know a pen and piece of paper is technology exactly. it's it's kind of ubiquitous in education we don't think of it as as a new technology anymore even you know projectors in a classroom powerpoints yeah. those sorts of things they're they're kind of everywhere uh, so I don't necessarily think that technology will underpin it in perhaps the way that you're suggesting, only because I think something new will come along, which is the new technological considerations. And, and what you're saying uh, around the technology or what I think you're saying around the technology um, just becomes sort of everyday, yeah, this is part and parcel of the normal job uh, and people don't even see it as technology, even though it is anymore. Yeah. That makes sense yeah. but definitely i think we need to read that paper or that article or book or whatever it was you were saying i will, I will post it in the i will send you the email later on yeah and i think this is this is it because i think you just get it like spot on and this is exactly the point that um you know i was looking for the metaphor and i wasn't able to find it and what you've said about the piece of paper and a pen this is this is it like you don't consider the, you know knowledge of how to use a piece of paper and pen or even like you know the word document you don't see consider it as the technological knowledge this is something that everyone does it is it is so um so embedded in our realities that we don't even see it as you know as something that oh is the technological knowledge also it is it is skill that you learned you're not born with it and yeah you, i was i was just gonna i was just gonna raise that it, it still is a skill that you need to learn. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, having kids, they don't know how to write. It, and it, it's such a kind of long, hard kind of journey to learn how to do it. Um, and I think it's going to be similar with, like you say, with um, most, most of what we do with computers. Um, it'll just be learned kind of sooner and sooner. So you won't be learning it. I guess the first introduction I had to using the computer was in secondary school. Um, so 13, 14, when I was actually, yeah, used Excel and stuff like that. Um, whereas now they're using it in primary schools and earlier and earlier. And then you'll get to the point where, okay, potentially I'm using a pen and paper, but I'm also using a, a laptop or a, tablet i mean my son now has to use a tablet better than i do um and actually when he gets to my age it'll just be he'll turn around and be like well it's an extension <laughs> it's an extension of my arm kind of like a pen like like you see a pen as it, it's you pick it up and it's not difficult it's just natural a tablet will be natural a lot of this stuff will just be second nature but that doesn't mean that it wasn't learned and I, I kind of feel sorry for the older generations because they, they're having to play catch up. 
so with a lot of this technology they haven't kind of I don't know I feel like through school and things like that it was a lot easier to learn a lot of this stuff um because you've got more time and more interest as well so you get to a certain stage and it's well you've got to learn how to use this um whether I don't have the interest to do it or I don't have the time or it just looks really difficult I think sometimes that's the barrier the kind of the technological barrier um rather than I don't know yeah I don't know I just feel feel like we are we all still have to learn this stuff it's just learn early on and then the older generations just never learned it yeah i was gonna say it's it's not always an age divide thing um like it's uh it's funny uh my brother is um not great with computers but my neighbor downstairs who's in his 70s is perfectly fine with it i think there is i think exposure to it rather than age is probably a bigger factor. So if you're constantly exposed to it, either in your hobbies or your work life or something like that, you're more likely to pick it up. Um, but I think if we go back to the TPAC model again, uh, this might be driving part of why we're seen as a technical team in that we're constantly, say for example, exposed to the uh, learning platform. And, um, and so we know how to use it really well. And that's the bit that they want to find out from us because that's where they see their biggest gap in knowledge, which is why we keep perhaps getting pigeonholed as technical. Um, and they are used to delivering lectures and seminars in classes, doing tutorials. They're used to a lot of the uh, pastoral care. Uh, and what we go in with is, yeah, but it's slightly different online and we need to make sure it's all incorporated and we need to go back to basics of what are your learning outcomes, what's your assessment? What are, your, what are your topics that we're going to use to constructively align all of this? How do we check that all of those learning outcomes have been met? Is this extra? Is it nice to have? You know, those kind of conversations are kind of at the back of their mind because they feel like they do it all the time, whereas this big gap is a technology gap. And perhaps if, if we approached it, if that's true and we approached it like that, uh, but then quickly steered it back to the pedagogy, so that we're looking at, you know, the learning before the, well, yeah, the learning before the technology. I'll, I'll school, school before tool. <laughs> yeah, school before tool. That's brilliant, Nathan. Did you just come up with that? Um, I heard it somewhere. <laughs> inspired. Um, yeah, but uh, like, I mean, it makes a point, doesn't it? Um, it's let's focus on what you want to teach rather than how you want to teach it. Um, you wouldn't go into, I don't know, a film set and say, right, I want to film all of this on 3D cameras. What do you want to film? No idea. How do you want to film it? Not sure. You know, you just wouldn't do it, would you? You wouldn't say, oh, I've got some great dialogue to go into this uh, book that I'm writing. All right, what's the book about? Not sure. You know, you just, you've got to focus on the basics before you get to this, like, right, I definitely want to use this tool, this medium, and I want to put this into this medium without having that overall picture first. So, yeah, I guess that, yeah, to summarise, the point is recognition that they are perhaps lacking in the technology, which is why they focus on that. But we need to steer it back to basics, in a sense. Yeah, Carol's, Carol's um, clapping. and. Um, 
I think that's probably a, a good place, a good place to end. Um, thank you. Thank you, Carl and Remy. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Beyond Digital Education podcast. If you liked what you've heard, please do listen to more of our podcasts and please do engage with us on the topics we've raised.